You know, there's always something that's next in the kingdom. The kingdom never stops where you think it should stop, so where everyone else says it should stop. Uh, in 1999, in 1999, I had an idea. Actually, I was confronted by a few of my um, a few of my pastor friends. Our church at the time was five, six, seven years old. Which one was it in 99? I guess in 94. So we were about six years, we were about five and a half, six years old. When I was told in a meeting with ministers I was meeting with, they began to tell me about some of the prophecies over Omaha. I'm getting there. I'll give you my title in a minute. And when they were talking to me about Omaha, it was really peculiar to me. Omaha was a place that God had told me to stay and plant a church. But they were telling me some stuff that made me want to run. They told me stuff like back in the 70s, there were men and women of God who came to Omaha and they, they declared Omaha a dead city. They gave me names, and I won't today, but they gave me names of prophets that we still uh, respect. And these prophets were talking about how, how uh, godless Omaha was that there would never be a move of God in Omaha. They called it something I'd never heard. They called it a flyover city. I had to raise my hand and say, what does that mean? Because <laughs> I didn't understand it. They said, well, great ministry and great people fly over Omaha, but they don't fly into Omaha. And when they said that, something happened inside me. There was a sorrow. I felt something in my heart that said, Martin, you are called to stay here. And if you're called to stay here, you can't live with that kind of prophecy. I refuse to live in a city that's God forsaken. As a matter of fact, I don't believe any city is God forsaken. That just because you and your big TBN ministry didn't have an effect in Omaha does not mean that the church will be abnormal in Omaha. I don't call that normal. I don't call it normal for, for a city where people are living for God not to be there. So I just said in the meeting, I said, wow, we have to do something about this. What can we do? We. And the answer was, well, we're not going to necessarily do anything. We're just going to believe God and pray for revival. Well, I don't know that nomenclature. In other words, those words in my mind gives me cognitive dissonance. I get disconnected from we're going to pray and believe God for revival. I don't believe that. So when I left the meeting, I said, God, I'm going to host a conference called Harvest 99. I'm getting there. I'm going to host a conference, and I'm going to invite the greatest men I know, the men I have access to. I'm going to invite them, and I believe that you're going to tell them to come. And surely enough, I did. Bishop Joseph Garlington, uh, and now I'm going to forget his name. He just passed away a week or so. John Bevere, Alan Vincent. All these great men of God came to Omaha, and we charged people. They said, it'll never work, Martin. I said, I, I, it, it doesn't matter to me if it works. I just can't live in a city where the normal is no move of God. That doesn't work for me. They all came. We charged registration, and 30 people registered. I was so happy. <laughs> I was so happy. 30 people registered during the day. And I'm telling you, these men came into Omaha, and they taught in our little church downtown like there were a million people there. They poured out their hearts. They laid hands on us. They prayed for our city. They broke curses over our city. 
the presence of God was there. People were healed and delivered. And at night, at night, there were hundreds of people in the services. Then I heard God say to me, and I'm getting there. I'm still getting there. Then I heard God say to me, Martin, this was great, but I want to give you a revelation. So for the first time in my life, I fasted for 40 days, and I walked the length and the breadth of the city, of this city, Omaha. I walked, I walked, stick with me now, stick with me. I walked from, I walked from Bellevue to the airport, and then I walked from Council Bluffs to 156 in Dodge. That's as far as I got. By the way, back then, there was nothing else besides, you know, past 156. And when I got to 156 in Dodge, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to host a conference every year. And I had never read these verses before. And I had not, I didn't know where they were coming from. But the Lord said to me, I want you to call the conference Shake the Nations. So in the year 2000, we hosted the conference Shake the Nations. And I asked God, why are we hosting this conference? And he said, Martin, I want your church to be an example of what to do when the earth shakes. When things start to fall apart. I want your church to be an example that everybody's safe. If racism comes among the people, I want your church to be an example that people can worship together. When people are sick, I want your church to be an example of they can be healed. When people are getting divorced, I want your church to be an example that people can come back together and remarry. I want your church to be an example of what normal in the kingdom is. I want you to stand for it. He said, I want you to stand for it. So we named the conference, and guess what, y'all? Y'all won't believe what happened. Our first conference, the year 2000, it was amazing. Dr. Miles Monroe, Bishop Tudor Bismarck, everybody was here. They were flying in on jets. It was so beautiful. Jesse Duplantis came a few days earlier. The year 2001, our conference was canceled on the exact day, 9-11, was the first night of our conference. Bishop Tudor Bismarck called me and said, they won't get, let me on a plane. What's going on? I said, Bishop, I don't really know. They're showing stuff on TV, but it looks like a movie to me. Dr. Monroe called from the airport in the Bahamas. He said, man, what is going on in your country? I said, sir, I don't know. He said, they're not letting us fly. There were no planes flying anywhere. It canceled our conference. That night, I was not depressed. That night, I understood the call of God. Martin, what's going on? I told you to start a conference so that in your church, so that people could understand what stuff is normal and what stuff ain't. It's not normal. It's not normal for you to be concerned about your jobs. This, this is not normalcy. This is not normalcy for you to be afraid of your brother. There are more guns being sold now than ever in the history of our country. You can't find ammunition in the stores because people are afraid their neighbors will come and try to steal from them. It is getting ridiculous. But AWC, I tell you, and if you don't believe this and you struggle with this, you may have to deal with where you're called. Because Ambassador's Worship Theater is here to stand for what's normal in the kingdom. Not what's normal in the church. Not what's normal at the White House, not what's normal in the Senate, but what's normal in the kingdom. That is why we are here. That was my introduction.
What's happening around us is not normal. Let me, let me just give you, let me just give you a little bit. Here are the ways of the world. Here are the ways of the world. We got to understand the world. Can I talk for a little bit? Here are the ways of the world. I, I want you to read Luke uh, 21, 25. This is where it says, and there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. And on the earth, there will be distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. The powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power of, and great glory. Now, read verse 28 with me. There from home. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Listen, listen, listen to what Jesus is saying. Listen to what Jesus is saying. Number one, Jesus is saying that everybody around us can see the earth is falling apart. Everybody can see it. They can see it in the stars. They can see it in the moon. They can see it in the waves of the sea. They can see that everything is being shaken. They can see it. We can feel it. It's not like God does not want you to notice what's happening around you. It's not like God does not want you to have a sensory about yourself that you can literally see. You can literally feel when you walk to places, the fear in people's hearts, the anxiety that people carry. Can I talk to you? This thing that's happening, that's coming on us, and our children are even freaking out about it. Mom, what's wrong with you? I'm shopping, and the kid is just asking mom, Mom, are you okay? She was behind a mask. No one could see her face, but the child could tell she was anxious. Everybody's anxious. Everybody's concerned. Will these jobs come back? No, most of them won't. But what does that have to do with you? That is not your normal to be worried about a job. It's not your normal to be concerned about fear of people. That's not how we live. Am I making sense? So people see the world falling apart. Why? Signs can become your heart problem. The signs of the earth can become anxiety. The Bible says their hearts faint for fear. If you don't have any fear, your heart won't faint. Your heart won't faint. Not your blood pumping muscle. Your subconscious mind. The place where you make your decisions. The place in your mind where you decide not your, not your perspective, but your perception. Some of us can look at something and perceive. We tell the story of what it means to us. So even if I'm in something, I have to decide how I see it. I have to decide how it's interpreted for me. Because I'm going to live not by my perception, not by my perspective rather. My perspective is what I'm in. But I'm going to live by my perception of it. So if I don't know that the earth is going to shake, if I don't know there are going to be issues in the earth, my perception will be, oh, Lord, in me, Jesus is coming. He ain't coming. 
He is not coming back to this crap. He's not coming back into men's hearts that are failing them and not full of faith. This ain't how it ends. This is not where we're going. This is not the heart of God. And we see in the scripture, it says Jesus comes in a cloud. Let me give you the interpretation. Write it down. These clouds are witnesses. This scripture is not talking about the second coming, the rapture. It's almost over. God's coming to get us. This scripture is about those cloud of witnesses. When Jesus comes and ministers to the world through you. When Jesus puts you in a position right now in this world while everybody's freaking out, you should be faithing out. You should be growing and doing stuff big and bold with a mask on or without a mask. It don't make no difference. I was reading some articles just the other day. Just the other day. I was reading, I was reading some articles. And this is what's happening in the world now. And it kind of freaked me out a little bit. Uh, there are 20 to 30 billion dollar CEOs. I won't name them. But in from August, from August to Christmas, they all turned over their boards. They're not serving as chairman on their boards. They still own the companies. They gave up their boards, and now they're saying to the world, we're going to spend more time dealing with humanitarian concerns. Let me tell you what that means. From August to today, there have been close to a half trillion dollars earned by the companies of those 30 CEOs. I said t t t t trillion. This ain't m-m-m-million, a b-b-b-billion. T-t-t-t-t-trillion by 30 CEOs. That while we have been in our houses with masks on, they've been shaking hands and doing business. We have to understand that this world is shaking, but while it shakes, the kingdom should be growing. The kingdom should be advancing. Say it with me. This is not normal. I mean, what's happening right now, this is not a normal thing. We are that cloud of witnesses that God has been training. Now watch this now. Here's the normalcy of religion. Religion. Are y'all religious, AWC? Y'all better give me the right answer. You better not be religious because religion will kill you. Religion will kill you because they got me real confused. I'll tell you about that in a minute. I'm so, I was so confused. Y'all almost had me. Y'all almost had a brother. I, I mean, I'm telling you, a couple years ago, I was like, you know what? Does this religious thing work at all? This word Christianity, what does it mean? It lost its definition to me. I couldn't figure it out. I met with some Christians who were like, are you cuckoo, nuts? I met with some Christians that were worse than tofu. I, worked, I mean, Christians, and I'm not talking about sitting in the purple chair. I'm talking about Christians who are in charge of congregations. So confusing. But, but here's, here's, here's religion. Can I read it to you? This is so good. This is Matthew 16. Y'all know I've been standing up in this pulpit for a few months now. It ain't normal for me, so y'all figure this out. 
And again, if you see anybody I'm talking to, this is just our staff. They are, see, this is not even normal. I'm talking to people with masks on. I don't know if they like what I'm saying or don't like what I'm saying. I can't read their eyes. This is not right, at least to me. Mm. Some people are like, well, I, I, I need to have a mask on. Please put your mask on, but it ain't normal. Matthew 16, 1 through 4, listen to what it says. Then the Pharisees, they're trying to trick Jesus. They're trying to trick him. Then the Pharisees and the Sadducees came and testing him, asked that he would show them a sign. Show us a sign. If you're really Jesus, if you're really the master, if you're really the king of kings, give us a sign. Listen to what he says. He says, when it's evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. That means it's beautiful. And in the morning, it will be foul weather because the sky is red right now, but it's going to be threatening later on. You're hypocrites. You know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. You can, church, this is the church. These are Sadducees and Pharisees. These are the leaders of the church, and they can tell what the weather's going to be like in two weeks, but they can't tell what season prophetically in the kingdom we're living in. We're better meteorologists than we are kingdom citizens. We can prepare for the rain. We know when we can go golfing. We know when we can go get a suntan. Uh, well, some of y'all, we, we, we know when we can do everything because we can tell you what the weather's going to be like. But we don't know what prophetic season we're living in in the church. And Jesus says, you're hypocrites. He didn't say you're ignorant. He says you're hypocrites. You say one thing, but you believe another. And now everybody is lost because you don't know. And this is not the role for the church. This is not normal. This is not normal for the church to be bickering and arguing and in disagreement. This is not the time for the church to be political or apolitical. The church has to be the example of what normal is. That's our job, what normal in the kingdom. So now watch this now. The church right now is being tested. Will the church show up? Is there a church that will show up and just say, this is not normal? There needs to be a church, a society, where no one loses their job. And if they do, they start a business. It gets better. That no one gets sick, but if they do get sick, God recovers them with a testimony. That no marriages break up during this. There is no abuse in the home. And if it does happen, it's delivered and set free. There needs to be a place where that is normal, and this new world they're building for us is not. You believe it all you want. You want to stay at home and work, and everybody's at home working? I'm going to tell you, the people who are getting rich, the people who are getting blessed, are not at home in a cubicle, hiding from the world. They are out in the world taking territory. So now, 
The church has to discern the times. What time are we living in? What's really going on around us? What's really happening in front of us? We've got to understand. Now watch this now. Watch this now. I told you that, I told you that Christianity almost had me a couple years ago. I was confused. I was lost. Because I was meeting with, and maybe you have, I was meeting with, and yeah, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there and talk about types. I was meeting with charismatics. Charismatics. And the charismatics were telling me, charismatics were telling me, you know what, uh, what's really important, what's really important is that uh, the temple be built in Jerusalem. What temple? You talking about Solomon's temple or the or David's temple. No, Solomon's temple. It has to be built in Jerusalem. We need our capital in Jerusalem. Then Jesus is going to come. I said, hold up. Y'all help me out because I want y'all. You telling me that when you build, rebuild the temple in uh, Palestinian territory, you're going to build the building. And then Jesus is going to come. That's all we got to do? Yes, that's, the, that's God. I'm, I'm sorry, okay, 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 I get it. I went to another meeting, and this wasn't charismatics. Guess who these were? These were evangelicals. Uh-oh, y'all got quiet even in here. Oh, Lord, pastor, where you going? Yeah, I'm coming. Evangelicals said to me, you know what we need to do? We need, to, uh, we need a Supreme Court to abolish abortion and homosexuality and get marriage back. And I'm agreeing with, I'm agreeing. I'm like, yes. I said, what else? They said, that's it. Hold up. That's, that's what we're doing. Then, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Then I had another meeting, and this was with the religious patriots. Religious patriots said, we need America back. We, we need America to, to be restored to its original. So in my heart, I'm like, you Christians are freaking me out. I don't know. Hold on now. So you're telling me, you're telling me you want the temple rebuilt, but you don't know how to make your bodies a living temple like Jesus said. Now, Evangelicals are telling me we need a Supreme Court, let's get rid of abortion and homosexuality, which I agree with. You want to deal with abortion and homosexuality, but you hate everybody else. This ain't normal. You're trying to tell me that you want America to be restored to its origin, but you do not know how to treat foreigners. Which is a part of all those laws God gives us. Treat the foreigner right and I'll bless you. It's in all the blessings. Somehow we ignore those. And I'll just be John Brown and Martin Williams if I'm ever going to believe that people of different nations and different colors can't worship together. Never going to happen in my mind. It's got to be the plan of God that we come together. Am I talking to y'all? Say it with me. This ain't normal. Now, watch this now. If it's not normal for me to stay at home, not normal for me. Okay, okay, uh, 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 
Uh, come here. Make your way up here, Dan. I want to show y'all something. Can I show y'all something? I want to show y'all something. Now, the staff is here today. They have their masks on, right? I'm trying to stay at least six feet from them, but I'm yelling and screaming. I know. Now, look, we're preparing for y'all to come back to church. With everything in our heart, we're preparing. What do you want me to do? We're, pre we're preparing for you to come back to church. Now, look at this. This is about six feet apart for people who want to worship up close. And we got a few more than this now, y'all, right, who like to be up front. They're up front laying on, the, laying on the carpet, dancing and shouting, giving God praise. Huh? This is for a single person. Right back here is for like a couple. Y'all with me? Now, now come on, y'all. Come on. Back here, we got a family of three. I don't know. Mom, dad, and a kid. Now, we're going to have to set up this whole sanctuary for groups, for families, for singles. And guess what? Don't you dare reach across your aisle and pray for her. You keep your kids to themselves. Walking down, give me your hands. Well, Bobby's over. You can't go play with Bobby. You can't touch Bobby. But I haven't seen Bobby in three months, Mom. You can't touch Bobby. Bobby and Susie is confused. This ain't normal. Well, get used to it. Get used to churches being spread out. I will not. Get used to one out of four people you meet in Nebraska has a gun on them to protect themselves for you. I will not. I won't live in fear. And I won't teach my children to live in fear. There is plenty for us all. Y'all see this AWC? I'm going to show you again. Y'all see all this? This is necessary, but it ain't normal. Put that in your chat. Say I said it. It's necessary. There are people back. Show it to them, Dan. Our guys are back there making sure this gets pushed out to you on Instagram and Facebook and on our, uh, uh, what else we own, uh, YouTube and on live stream. Look at them standing back there working, having to find a way to be six feet apart with masks on. This ain't right. I don't know if I'm too loud. Mike can't even tell me. I can't see his face. Can't read his lips. This ain't normal. This is not normal. You need to be in a place where you can touch people and pray for people and have people pray for you. You need to be able to look on a person's face in our house. I'm talking about our house. I ain't talking about every other house. You should be able to walk up in AWC and see your sister walking down the hallway and see her face and say, Sugar, what's wrong? Forget going to church. Let's sit down. What's wrong? Can we help you? Can we bless you? We can't be hiding behind masks. It's not normal. We'll get used to it, church. We will not. If you can bring baseball back this summer, we can bring church back this summer. If you can go to the pool, if you can go to the beach, then you can come to church. So don't make the abnormal normal. Not even for you. How are you going to be up in your house, just you four and no more? 
You ain't talking to your neighbor. <laughs> You're not saying hello. You see people you used to walk on the sidewalk with and say hello. And now when people are meeting one another on the sidewalk, they cross the street. How you doing? You need to touch one another. This is not normal. Did I get stuck? I wish I could take it. Josh says I got stuck. I wish I could take you to our children's church. I wish I could take you in there. All this space that's built for people to meet God through relationship with one another. That's the plan of God. That's how he thinks. And no matter what's going on around you, God wants you to be able in this season to go to a whole nother level. Discern the times. D discern what God's doing. Discern what he's saying to you. Discern what God wants to do with your family. Everybody's not sheltering in place. Everybody's not hiding. There are plenty of people who are advancing. And in the kingdom, that is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. I spent a lot of time on that. Now, catch up. Here's the kingdom perspective. The kingdom of God is neither charismatic, evangelical, <laughs> patriotical, or separatist. The kingdom of God is a rulership of Christ that's over the entire world and the universe. He is not divided. Our God is one. He's the same God anywhere, all the time. He's the same. So don't make something that's abnormal normal. I think that's making sense. So let me get, let me get to this, and I'll finish up. Haggai 2, 1 through 9. This is the story of a prophecy that God gave to Haggai. And this is 70 or so years after Solomon's temple was built. I mean, after it was torn down, it was burned. They're in captivity now. And the temple of Solomon was burned down to the ground. And now God is coming to them because they've been working now for about three years on the temple. But they're not doing it with any oomph, any power, any excitement because they're in captivity. And the temple wasn't burned just to for a religious reason. These people didn't know God. They tore the gold, the silver, the wood. They tore every, y'all remember that temple? It was magnificent. It was beautiful. Brass, gold, uh, wood that David saved. It was magnificent. When it says they burnt it down, that's all they could do. Because when they took the fine wood and everything else out of it, it was ruins. So they burned it down. Now they're rebuilding it with no gold. No silver, no prized wood, no precious artifacts, no showbread table of David, no Ark of the Covenant. They're just building it out of material that's just around them. So God told Haggai this. He said, you better go talk to them. And this is who I want you to talk to. Talk to Zerubbabel, the governor. Talk to Joshua, the priest. And talk to the remnant of the people. So talk to the guy who's in charge of the, the political setup and the running, the governing of the people. Talk to the priests 
who's responsible for standing between me and God, and now talk to the remnant of the people who understand what I'm getting ready to say. Because everyone's not going to understand this. Everybody's, everybody's not going to, y'all stay connected. Stay connected with me. Stay connected. They have to now be told what's getting ready to happen. So he says, talk to him. Now he has a question. His question is, who is still alive? Who is still alive that saw Solomon's temple in its glory? A couple people raised their hand. And he said, what was that temple like? They describe what the temple is like. Then he asked, when you look at the one you're building now, what's this one like compared to that one? They're like, oh, this is, this is trash compared to that. He said, okay, this is what I want you to know. This, what you're doing, with the heart in which you're doing it, is not normal. Let me back up. Let me back up. There may not be any gold to build, to rebuild Solomon's temple. Y'all better hear me. There may not be any silver. There may not be any 200-year-old wood like cypress. There may not be anything like that, but I'm telling you, the temple you're building now is going to be greater than this temple Solomon had. Because the temple you're building now is really being built of the hearts of men, their flesh, their desire, their love for God, them understanding what's happening. Can, okay, can I ask y'all something online in here? Can y'all remember, all y'all, all y'all, can y'all remember what church was like when you were little? Can you remember what church used to be like? Can you remember what church used to be like? You could be there four or five hours, and you would hear preaching and singing, and people would be slain in the spirit, the presence of God. Sometimes we sat in church for hours just in the presence of God. We were just so blessed and honored, and after church, we didn't go home. We went out in the parking lot or out in the yard, and we ate out of people's trunks. We took naps on the back seat or in the grass on a pallet. Then we went back to church at 7, and more people came from the community. At night at my church, the people who were sick, I don't know Jesus, but I'm sick. Sit down. God will heal you. We didn't care. The power of God was so big in our churches. And then my pastor was crazy in Mississippi. We would go down, and I'd just like to say, we would go down to the Caucasian churches, Jesus only, shouting white people. We would get in there and shout with them. They would hug us. We loved one another in church. Church used to be the power center of our nation. The power center of our country. The power center where God comes to heal all wounds. What is the church like now? Can I ask you, what's it like now? What's church like now? What's going on now? What's going on now? How does it compare to what it was? Churches are being stripped of power, stripped of the anointing, stripped of the word. We can't even preach 30 minutes now to you. We can't even talk to you now. You got so many choices, and you can pick from those who tickle your ears, and there's nothing happening in your life. It's so easy now to get offended at the preacher. Can I tell you something right now? I got over your offense. God delivered me from being offended by you. Are you being offended by me? I'm here because we are building a temple of God. 
And I'm telling the governors, listen, listen, okay, okay, okay. Ain't got, ain't got no beautiful shoes. Ain't got no $3,000 shoes. No, no. I don't need none of that. I don't, I don't really need the jacket. I buy a lot of fake ones, but I ain't no way I'm paying $5,000 for a jacket. I'm not doing all that. We may not have all the tricks to show you on camera like it's a movie or something to entertain you like Netflix. That ain't what we're here to do. We're here to raise up some kingdom citizens that know what the heck is going on. We ain't got time to fight with the White House, fight with the Senate, fight with Congress. No time. None of those kingdoms will stand. It is only the kingdom of God that will stand. Well, pastor, you got to give people what you want. This ain't Instagram. That's not what this is. Well, I don't like it. Ain't nobody ask you to like it. This ain't Facebook. We ain't trying to get 5,000 friends and go to Facebook too. We ain't trying to get enough people on YouTube so YouTube will start paying us. We're trying to get this word out to you that people are setting you up for your life of dread, your life of fear, and they're trying to make it normal to you. The middle class is gone. What did I say? I said the middle class is gone. There is no more middle class. You have to forget it. Forget it. You don't have to make a decision. I'm making a decision for you. You're either got to decide to be poor. You got to make a decision. I made it for you. If you're going to be here, get ready to be frustrated. I choose you should be wealthy. You should have everything you need for you and your family. I don't know what level that is. Doesn't really matter to me. You should have everything you need for you and your family. You should be able to live without fear. You should be able to stay at home as long as you want. You should be able to get up. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, you should be able to lift up your head in the middle of it all. You should be able to help somebody else with their trouble. You should be able to pay someone else's bills. Your children should be able to give other people joy. Shout it. This ain't normal. This ain't normal. This ain't normal. It ain't even right. This is not what God wants you to get used to. And as long as you're part of this house, I will shake you like God shakes the heavens and the earth. Don't mean nothing to me. Don't mean nothing to me. It don't mean nothing to me if people are starving around me. I am Isaac. I will plant in a season where nobody's getting a harvest. And I will get a hundredfold. And so will you. As long as you don't plant your seed in fear. Plant it with expectation. People, y'all know people are getting remarried in the pandemic. You know people are buying other homes besides their own in the pandemic. You know people are becoming millionaires on, 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 you know, on the internet right now in the pandemic. You know people are falling in love during the pandemic. Huh? Okay, okay, I, I got to go because I told them what time we got to be through and I'm going to get, y'all sit down. Oh, that felt so good. Say, sit down. Watch this now. Let me do this. He says, so since y'all saw it, he says these words, yet be strong. <laughs> I 
be strong, and do the work. Be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord. Be strong, Joshua. Be strong, high priest. Be strong, all you people of the Lord, says the Lord. And what? And work. I'm with you. Don't worry about what it used to be. And don't be lackluster in what you're doing now. Don't be average. I'm in my office walking out here. And every, the thing I do before I leave my office is pray, and then I shine my shoes. That may seem trivial. I shine my shoes because I was taught growing up, they may not see nothing on you, but them shoes going to tell a story. And you don't, be, you don't want to be dressed real good from head to ankle. Old men told me that. Okay? So I'm walking out of my office. And I'm saying, well, I'm going to teach. And, you know, the routine, God didn't tell me. My routine is to shine my shoes. I said, oh, I don't need that today. The Holy Ghost said, oh, that's your new normal, huh? You, 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 you can't even get, oh, you can't even get the dust off your shoes before you come before me. You've been shining your shoes for people. Have you been shining your shoes for me? Martin, what else are you doing in the dark, huh? What else are you doing at home by yourself? What habits? Now you're not praying. Now you're not before God. You were assertive when 2020 started. You had your eyes wide open. You were teaching your kids, this is our year. Let's go, babies. Let's make some things happen. Now you're in the house of Lord, please help us, Lord. Help us make it through this here pandemic, Lord. They say, D-E-Y. They saying, we're going to have to do this for two years. Oh, Lord, should I get a vaccine? It's got a microchip in it. No, if you shined your shoes before, if you were praying before, if you were fasting before, if you were reading your Bible before, if you were leading your children in prayer before, you need to stick to it in the dark. Because this right here, this ain't normal. It ain't normal for you to have to figure out if you're going to rob Peter or Paul to pay John. It's not normal. And let me tell you something right now. The money you give up, the time you give up, the interest you give up does not leave the earth. Somebody else is using it. If you lose your house, they don't just burn it up. Somebody who was ready, someone who had their heads up, someone who got themselves in position before the pandemic, someone who has faith, in the kingdom, they're taking everything. I think that should be you. So watch this now. Verse 7. So I will shake the nations, and they will come to the desire of all nations, and I will fill the temple. Listen, I will fill this temple with glory. And the Lord, and the Lord said the Lord of hosts. Then he said these words. The silver is mine. Hmm, watch him now. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. 
and the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former temple, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will bring or give peace. So remember this. Remember this. This is what you should be doing. What should I be doing now, pastor? How should I be living my life? If this is not normal, what is? If what I'm dealing with is not how you want me to set up my life, what should I be doing? I love this verse. I love this verse of Luke 21, 28. Because we have to get this verse down. Y'all still here? Y'all still here? Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. When you start to see the nation shaking, when you start to see the signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, he says do two things. Lift, look up, and lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. Now, this is what the other religions, the other Christian religions are teaching. They say this scripture means look up. It means look up, Jesus is coming. To them, they preach the rapture is getting ready to happen. Jesus is soon to come. They're preaching, get ready. It's about time to go. <laughs> They're teaching people, let's take off and meet God in the sky. They're teaching, we don't really care about this world. Take this whole world. Just give me Jesus. The most ignorant songs sung in church. You can have the world, just give me Jesus. But well, Jesus is trying to give you the world so you can give it back to him. Makes absolutely no sense to me. We don't care about these systems Jesus died for. We're just ready to go to heaven. We're tired of it down here, Lord. I don't think we should teach that. This scripture literally means, it literally means look up because Jesus has prepared you to take over the world. It doesn't mean look up because it's time to go. It means look up because it's time to stay. Look up, get your head up, because now is the time he can use you. Now is the time God can motivate you and send you into a world where they have no answers. Head of myself. They have no answers. Nobody knows what to do. Nobody knows what the pandemic is, and the ones who might know ain't telling us. It's all manipulation to get us into this place where the wealth of the world is now given to the 1%. You better hear me what I'm saying to y'all. That is what it's all about. So while you're scared, everything else is being taken. That's the way this here works. So I want you, I want you, I want you to understand Jesus is not coming to take you. He's coming to put you into a system where you have the answers to the problems. He's here to give you revelation about everything you're doing. Okay, let me, let me say, let me, okay, let me just put it like this. This is Raw Martin right here. You went in your house two and a half months ago as a pussycat. But you're coming out like a lion. Because you didn't have nobody at your house to lay hands on you. Hey, yeah, boy. You didn't have nobody to pray for you. That Zoom praying with your friend didn't really work. You had to find God for yourself. Your children were sick. 
and you couldn't even take them to the hospital. You got out that Vaseline because you didn't have no more oil. You didn't believe in oil at your house no more. You got out that Vaseline and that canola oil, and you rubbed that oil on your hands, and you laid your hands on your own children. We ain't got no doctor. We're going to be the doctor up in here. I got a toothache, mommy. I got a headache, mommy. I got this going on, daddy, baby. We can't go to them hospitals. That's where people are dying. So come here. Let me hands on you. Daddy, what you doing? I'm fitting to heal you in Jesus' name. I'm going to do it myself. You went in there, mousy. You came out like the lady in police story. Freeze, dirtbag. You didn't even know who you were before the pandemic. But you're not needing anybody now. You don't need anybody to pray for you. <laughs> your pastor was the pastor of your house. But now you are the pastor of your house. You stood up in your house and said, okay, Dagnabbit, if this is the way it is, this is the way it's going to be. If you were looking for a fight, I'm tired of running. Let's just make this happen right now. If there's something's going to happen between me and my wife, it's going to stay right here between me and my wife. I can't call the pastor. I can't go meet with no counselor. We're going to deal with this right here. Right in the middle of this. Children are graduating now. And parents are like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Scholarships are going away. What's all this happening? It don't matter. Come here, boy. Come here, girl. Let me lay hands on you. God has a way to pay for college. God has a way to take you wherever you want. We are not a worrying family. This right here is not normal. And we're not going to get used to it. We're not going to get used to it. We're not going to get used to it. We're going to expect stimulus packages. Heaven dropping things in our lives. Opportunities from God and new investments opening up. Our children are going to wake up with dreams. Start hearing from God about how to create. Our, our children are going to come and find us in the midnight hour. Our grandchildren, they're going to lay hands on us and say, Grandma, God just spoke to me. God showed me something, Mommy. Daddy, I saw an angel in my room. You sure it wasn't a ghost? No, it wasn't a ghost, Daddy. You taught me the difference between a ghost and an angel. Every time the angel comes, he says, do not be afraid. This angel came in my room, Josh told me. When he was a little boy, he said, an angel came in my room. I'm like, what do you mean, angel? What are you talking about, angel? He said, well, he said, do not be afraid. I said, oh, that's how angels talk. What did he say? God gave me a vision for my life. I said, that's what I'm talking about. Then I got on my knees in front of his bed. I said, boy, lay hands on me because right now I need some. Okay, right now. I need somebody in the house to pray for me. This right here, I mean, I want you to shake yourself. Shake yourself out of this stupor. If you iron your shirt to go to work, iron it and get up in the morning and work from home. Don't leave your principles. Stick to what you believe. If they sent you home to work, work harder from home. Put some disciplines on yourself. Because you're going to come out of this wolfproof. You used to run. Now you ain't no backup in you. There's no scared in you. There's no relenting in you. There's no acquiescence. There is no, okay, I'll take it. No, you're standing up and saying, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right for me. I don't think that's right for my family. I'm not receiving that. 
That's where you got to be. That's where you got to be. So he said, be strong and work, work because God has provided for you everything you need. Listen to me. Can I pray this for you? Everything God has told you to do, now is the time. Hold on now. Hold on. Uh-uh, Pastor. I, those goals I wanted to reach, everything's changing. The financial structure's changing. How the business I work for is changing. People are being moved out. Middle management, all this stuff's going on. I get these calls all day, and I ask the question, what does I have to do with you? None of that has anything to do with you. That's none of your business. When my friend got fired, pray for him, but that's none of your business. When did you invite him to church? I used to invite him all the time. He's not in your system. You're in that system of love and grace and power and peace. They may not be. So what do I do, pastor? I was asked. I said, take everything you can. Everything God gives you, take it. Every opportunity, take it. They're going to call me greedy, pastor. I said, you don't, have to, you don't have to argue with that. Go pull out your giving statement. Don't let people get in your head. Go pull out your giving statement. Go pull out your first fruit statement. Don't let people make you feel bad in your head. Show, God, I'm a giver. That's why I'm in this position. And if you do it long enough, those who are being kicked out by this system, you will hire them. You will bless them. You'll give them peace. You'll show them how to recover their family. Because nothing about this is normal. Listen to me. The gold is God's. But we ain't got no gold to put in this temple. God, this thing we're building, you just be strong and work. AWC, you just be strong and work. The gold is God's. The silver is his. And if he wants gold and silver in this new thing, he'll give it to us. But it should have nothing to do with our attitude of normalcy. Because this ain't normal. 